noise, make 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 noise. So first of all, first of all, people, this is Jermaine Hopkins. I need to set this up properly. This man is part of black film royalty. He's been in two movies that if you're black and you have not seen these movies, you, you need to go back and reevaluate yourself. <laughs> lean on me, okay, lean on me. This man was in Lean On Me, major character in Lean On Me. Then he turned around and hit it in Juice, hit it out the park again with Tupac. And now he has a new movie out called Equal Standard. We're gonna get to all of that shortly, but let's start from the beginning, man. How did you even wind up doing acting? You were, you were so young at the time. How, how did you get into it? Man, uh, actually, man, just being a mischievous kid in school, I won't even say bad, because, like, it's a different, that's a different terminology nowadays than when I was in school, like, you know what I mean? So, but, uh, yeah, back then I was considered, like, you know, one of the bad kids, always in trouble, always in the principal office, you know, and they had this movie uh, that they was doing about a high school that was in my, in my uh, state, actually was in the city, like maybe 30 minutes from the house, the next city, you know, kind of like over was Patterson. I was from Newark and my uh, mother read it in the newspaper and uh, took me over and auditioned for it. And I auditioned a couple of times and I got the part, man. I guess, you know, it was for a little fact that it wasn't for a fat kid, but I wind up getting it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess I cried pretty good. You know, I was a believable crackhead. <laughs> right. now, now, now the question is, did you, how old were you at that time? How old, how old were you actually? Uh, when I when I got the role, I was like uh, 13, going on 14. By the time the movie came out, because the technology wasn't where it's at today, uh, I was about 15 when the movie came out. So you were so you very, very young, very, yeah. very new in the game. This is your first movie, right? This is the first thing right. you've ever done, right? Right. So now it's right. the first thing you've ever done, and now you're working with an established actor like Morgan Freeman. What's that like? It was crazy. He uh he took me under the wing, man. He put me under his wing on the set, man, because he saying I was just, you know, I was green as hell, you know, straight from, you know, straight off the street. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, I went to school, but you know, I went to school to have fun. So, you know, uh far as just discipline and stuff like that, I mean, he he kind of helped, you know, bring me along with that, spend the time with me on lunch breaks and stuff like that to like get, you know, get me to understand how this business work, you know, following the directions and, you know, what this mean, what that mean, and how to take the lines and switch them up and make it mean something all the way different with the same words. So I learned a lot from him. Between him and John Alveston, which was the director, man, they, they really took me under their wing, man. And uh, evidently they seen something in me that, uh, you know, I didn't see myself. And, and now you're, you're shooting this movie and it's, 30 minutes from your house in Newark, right? It's 30 minutes from your house. Did you go to a school that was as right. bad as that? No. The school I went to wasn't nowhere near as bad as uh, Eastside High. And at that time, I was in elementary school. You know what I mean? I, I you know, I had got left back a time or two. So I was still in elementary school when I did uh, Lean On Me. So the high school was really like, a playground. It was somewhere where I was supposed to be, but I just didn't get there. <laughs> right. So you. So so this was just the whole thing. Just the high school experience. Even though it was active, it was completely new to you, right? 
Right. And never never thought that the outcome was going to be as great and was going to touch as many lives, you know, uh, as that movie touched and, and, and changed as many lives as it changed. And we still talk about that movie and it's still in the curriculum today. So, uh, yeah, at that time, no, nah, I was just having fun, man. It was a way of me being out of school. I'm in a high school where I ain't got to be in class. I'm filming a movie. I got all these people catering to me and all that. Let's have some fun. I never knew that, you know, and, and I think if I would have known and, 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 and that what I was doing, the magnitude of what I was what, what I was doing, then, you know, I don't know if it would have came out as 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 good because my character was just a reflection of what I was doing when the cameras wasn't rolling. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? <laughs> so ba basically you were kind of playing yourself. You were just Pretty actually you were just being yourself. Pretty much, class clown, always with having fun. Like anybody that went to school with me, they tell you, man, yeah, I take a serious information uh, uh, situation, and it's gonna be some hella laughter going on. If I feel like it's funny, I'm gonna make you feel like it's funny. Right, you know right, what I'm right. And, and if you got in trouble uh, or anything, you could drop your pencil in, in class. Especially if I ain't like you, I'm gonna mess with you so much that when you gonna want to fight me after school. You know, nowadays they call that bullying. But where I, when I was growing up, we called it, you know, it was just called hiking, playing the dozens. You know what I'm saying? Snapping, you know, snapping, picking on them. A hundred percent. Today's, today's bullying was yesterday snapping, ranking, dissing, all of that, right. and it, it, it's it's just so different now. So now, the big term that comes out of that movie is expeditiously, right? Every, every, yeah. every, everybody, everybody right. knows that term from that movie, but it seems like T.I. has taken that and now that's his term. But, but really, it kind of goes back to you. Well, you know what, man? Uh, at first, I got bothered by it at first, and then I had to really look at it, and then I really looked at hip-hop. And, and and that's 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 where Ti is from and originates from. And much 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 love for to Ti. You know what I'm saying? You know, brother out here grinding, doing this thing. You know, I'm a legend, so you know what I mean. I, you know, I don't I don't I don't take it on the chin like that. But what I do look at is that hip hop has always been going, taken back from the from 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 the old. It started with the James Brown, you know, looping and all of that stuff. And 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 to me, more of a compliment. You know, uh, the only thing that I think that, uh, you know, uh, he kind of went, well, I ain't going to say went wrong, but didn't fulfill the shoes. If you're going to take my, the, you know, I started my podcast, all of that, you're going to take it and run with it and you do it because you mentioned something with the Kodak Black thing and people thought that you was the originator of a, a expedition that didn't know their history, thought you, you know, was the originator of it or whatever, you know, uh, it would have been nice for us to either he, him come on my podcast or I go on his or vice versa. And we clear the air because what we don't need is we don't need no more negativity going on amongst ourselves. And something, mm -hmm. as, something as simple as that could have been worked out. Nobody checks would have got stopped. Uh, anything and both of us would have still had the utmost respect from both about our fan base you know because i get a lot of messages and a lot of things on you know oh that was messed up how he did it and this that and the other but one thing i am familiar with the business and i do a lot of do know that the powers that be that 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 are around 
those certain circles and stuff like that. But, you know, to T.I., man, reach out to a brother because it, it ain't too late. That's something that, you know what I'm saying, I would like to see you clear that up. Let's have a conversation. Clear that up with your fan base. I don't have anything to clear up. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's marked. It's evident. You know, my podcast, when my podcast came out, it's stamped. The date is stamped. Messages I sent him is stamped. So it's no it's no no beef situation or nothing like that. But just you know, just just have a little more respect, you know, for the ones that came before you. You know what I mean? When talent well, think, is what it needed to be. I think it's gonna be worked out. And I think you I think you guys are gonna get on a call. And if and if I run in, if I run into TI, I'ma tell him you're looking for him. I'm gonna be like, just holler, holler at the man, talk to him. That, that that's something that's very simple and can be worked out with nothing, now, now, with right. no problems whatsoever. So you right. move on, you do this this movie that they're shooting in Harlem, and it's called Juice, right? So now it's yourself and, and of course, Tupac. So tell us a little bit about Tupac. How long did you spend, spend on the set with Tupac doing that movie? Well, I got, I got a, a real good appetizer of Tupac uh, doing the auditioning. You know, it was a crazy auditioning because they would have us, you know, all grouped together and everything, you know, uh, trying to trying to see how we click as a group. But in between the reading of them calling us in and out, like, you know, we're in, we're in the other room. We know our lines. We done, we've been playing these different roles all day. So we know everybody's lines. So we're in the room waiting to, for them to call us back again. Man, here come the freestyle session. And that's when that's 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 when Pac let it be known, like, yo, this is what I really do. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> and uh uh, you know, that's when I got uh real familiar with him. And then we they they invited us out before we got the part in the movie, they invited us all out for dinner mm-hmm. and had us all, you know, like sitting down, you know, to see who would click or whatever. And we all all four of us end up really clicking like that naturally. Or whatever, and on the ride home, well, we in the cab ride after it was over with. Um, it was me, Tupac, and David Heyman, which is the producer of Juice, that's now the producer of all the Harry Potter movies. And shout okay. out to David Heyman and uh Neil Moritz that went on from Juice to do all of the uh Fast and Furious movies, all the movies y'all don't see me in. <laughs> You're not in it, you're not in it, that's true, you're not in it. Yeah, but 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 shout out to them or whatever, man. And uh, 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 on the ride home, you know, that was around the time when, uh, and it's almost like time repeats itself, because that was around the time when we was having problems as young black men or just black period hailing a cab in New York. You got mm-hmm. a thousand cabs coming down the street and they wouldn't stop for you. Mm-hmm. Well, the conversation, the cab actually stopped. It was a black guy, and him and him and Pop got into a conversation about why the cabs don't stop. And it's all three of us on the back seat. We got David in the middle. Pac is on this side where he can look right at the driver. I'm sitting behind the driver, you know. Uh, so uh, the driver was just, you know, basically like, you know, why don't stop? And you know, y'all don't want to pay. And da 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 da. da. Pac's whole thing was like, how you putting us all into a group? You know, I want to pay because when I need you to take me to is way more important than what you charging to take me there. You know what I'm saying? So it was a major, a, a, a major dispute that you would have never thought. It's almost like, you know, when you go on your job interview, you go on a job interview, it's your representative. You're trying to be on your best behavior. You're not trying to let them see the real, the real, if mm-hmm. this happened or that happened. 
Well, that right. wasn't the situation with Pac that night. David Heyman got to see Bishop that night in that cab. And I believe that's what really sealed the deal. Us clicking together as a group at the dinner and then that ride home when David seen the the the, the Bishop come out of Tupac about a real a, 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 a real topic that 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 has been impacting us and still impacting us to the to the day in different ways. You know, it, it hit it hit home. So uh, I think that's what really uh sealed the deal, man. And uh far as like getting to know Pac, man, like we was like brothers on the set, man. Pac was like my big brother when my brother Man Man wasn't on deck. You know, uh I was I was the pain in the ass little brother. I can remember the first time, you know, we was meeting, uh we went out to eat. Uh not out to eat, out to a fucking club somewhere. You, we, get, we get in the club, I'm with Pac, he got his Tommy Boy record jacket on. You know, I'm starring in movies, but shit, I wanted to be a rapper. I'm like, damn, rappers is the life. Right. Man, we get in this club, so you know, Pac, you know, I'm a little younger and shit. I was maybe a year or two younger than Pac. I wasn't old enough to be buying no liquor, no shit. So, you know, uh, it showed when he was like, yo, so what you want to drink, fat boy? Uh, actually, he called me Big Shops all the time. I said, um, fuck it, let me get an O.E. You know, he looked at me and said, man, they don't sell that shit. <laughs> and I, I never forget that night, man, you know, uh, because it was, that's why I say it was like my big brother, because like a real club that wasn't like sneaking in the sensations downtown <laughs> Newark, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> word, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the damn thing. So, and I did that the first time with Pac, so. You know, and we, 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 I man, I got plenty pop stories, man. I done smoked up give, all the weed, give, you know, me, all of that. I lied and told him he was fired. All of that shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. He lied and told you you were fired on the set? No, I lied and told him he was fired. Well, Pac had a, I had a habit like, you know, you know how Hollywood is. It's hurry up and wait. You know what I'm saying? It's hurry up and wait. You know, they get you on set at six o'clock in the morning. You ain't and have you rushing to makeup and hair, wardrobe, all of that shit. Got you ready, walking around with fucking bounty around your neck. And you don't get in front of the cameras to 12 o'clock. So it's right. a whole bunch of hurry up and wait. And Pac had a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? Pac would, after he felt like the shot was good, like, <laughs> I'm out. You know what I'm saying? If they took too long in between, a shot or they caught said that he was wrapped and then they realized, oh no, we need to get this. It was a chicken in the gate or whatever the case, that means a little hair in the camera. But you know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may have been, you know, he's gone. So he did that one time and we were staying on 51st and 7th Avenue. They had us stand right across from the Winter Garden Theater. That's back when Cats was over there, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I had to go past his floor he was on a knife. I think I was on a on a twelfth or some shit like that. So I stopped at his floor, you know, knocked on the door, like, yo, bruh, it's a rap, man. David and them, they got tired of you, man. They done wrote you rest of your shit out the script. Man, I had this nigga off the wall. He going back and forth, like, yo, man, for real? Nah, big chop, stop bullshitting, Bobby Bob. I'm like, yeah, man, I think you done walked off too many times. But look, I'm going to go get some rest, man, because I got a 7 a.m. pickup in the morning because they going to start shooting my stuff, being that they cut most of your... You know, I had to lie going on. Right, right. And that just, what did, I what had it going on. What did he well, do? this must have worried Tupac for all night long. 
Because <laughs> soon as we got to the set, once he, because he didn't realize that, you know, Big Chops is lying. Soon as he get to the set, he see me, he run down on me, put his head in my chest and start swinging. I had more of a belly then. So he tagging me on the stomach. You fat motherfucking nigga, you, man, you telling me all this bullshit you had me up all night. But you know, that's what I say, man, when I say it was like my big brother, because, you know, we did the big brother, little brother shit. It was always, always like a pain in his ass. You know what I'm saying? I would do shit. You know, and I found fun out of it. I do that shit nowadays. I'm a pain in anybody's ass that really know me. I'm a pain in the ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> listen, listen. Well, at least you know what you are. As long as you know oh, yeah. what you are, that's important. What is yeah, your, facts. What is the last conversation you had with Tupac? Do you remember that? The last conversation. The last conversation I remember I had called D told him to stop calling. Uh, the last conversation I do remember, we was in front of 666 in Las Vegas. He was sitting in the Rolls Royce. Uh, this was back when, you know, before all the shit jumped off, but, you know, they was heavy in Vegas at the time, you know, and uh, I had mentioned to him and shit, well, what y'all got going on and shit? Let's link up after, because it was a lot of people around or whatever. He was just sitting in the car. And I almost felt like, damn, Pac, it's like he in the days, man. He used to he used to handling this type of shit. You see him, you know, I'm used to Pac dealing with the fans and the, and, and, the, and the people and, you know, hands on. And it, it wasn't that same vibe and shit. So I told him, man, we get together later and shit. You know, he was like, they were staying at the Lex. So I was like, well, I'll be through there or whatever. And, uh, you know, that was, that was pretty much it and shit, man. I think he said, man, we going back there. Got some girls coming through or whatever, man. But if I don't get with you tonight, I'll get with you some other time. And, and and that was that. And that was our last conversation. Wow. That was that so that was that was not that was not long before he passed away. Right. It wasn't. It, it it wasn't. It had to be one of the weekends before. You know, not long before. Because uh at that time I was living in LA. So I was I was back and forth in Vegas. I might have been leaving living in Vegas at the time. Now 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 wow. That that is that is like that's crazy. What do you think Tupac would say about police brutality? You knew him well. What, what would he have, What would he have said about police brutality? Uh, that is 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 been going on, and the cries out for change has been going on for far too long, and 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 it's time for y'all to listen before it turns into a war. We're getting it. We we're getting a, a, a reflection of what a war with the with, with, with the community and the police could look like. You know, so I, I I'm sure Pac would be more so stressing on the fact of how long this has been going on. You know what I mean? Well, how how long this fight, you know, uh has been going on and been pushed under the rug. Like the rug should be so full of, you know, police brutality that's been pushed under it that you can't get no more up under the shit. Right. And, 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 you know, of course, because, I mean, everybody's had some type of negative interaction with the police. If you're a man, if you're, if you're a black person, a person of color, I'm sure you had your run-ins with the police or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, what do you think about it? Forget what, what Pac would think about it. What do you think about what's going on right now? Well, uh, 
I feel like, you know, with the whole situation uh, with, with, with the police, I think that the training, uh, they're not trained to, to, to handle mentally uh, uh, challenged people. They're not trained to handle people of a, 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 of a different race. Uh, I think the training uh, of that and how to, you know, because they say that the police are trained to de-escalate the situation. Well, how are so many unarmed black people getting killed by an officer that's trained to de-escalate? You see what I'm saying? So that means you escalated the situation if you're killing somebody that was unarmed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, I feel like there should be uh, repercussions. There should be some kind of law in place. If we're training, if my tax money is paying to train officers, you know, to de-escalate, you know, to protect and serve, then, 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 then that needs to show when they don't do that. It needs to be something in place to where, okay, I'm an officer, I'm on the job. Okay. My last resort is to kill somebody. And if I do kill this dude and or, or this lady or this person and they, they're unarmed or this, that, and the other, I know I'm losing my job. I know I'm facing charges. I think they should be facing charges just like, you know, a, 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 a regular citizen would be mm -hmm. facing those charges because you're trained in that, in, to de-escalate the situation. You're trained with a fight. You're constantly at the range all the time. You know, you have to do that. You have to qualify as an officer. So, you know, you're trained with that. So how 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 are we spending this much money in tax dollars training you for you to now take that same weapon and use it on an unarmed suspect? Well, it, it don't add up. What is the training for? No, well, well, what I'm trying to figure out is how do I pay my pack? How do I pay my tax dollars? For you to brutalize me, how do I pay your salary? Right. For right. you to brutalize me, I'm still trying to walk through that. So I, 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 it just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense to me. Speaking of, of of police brutality and all things in the street, you just recently did a movie called Equal Standard. Tell us about the movie and tell us about why you did it. Uh, Equal Standards. Uh, I did the movie. Uh, on the strength of the topic and uh, the writer, uh, uh, Taheem uh, uh, out of Queensbridge, uh, when I when I seen the story and read the script, I was like, whoa, okay. Now the story is really being told from inside out. Now we're not just hearing the public cry out. We're hearing what's going on on the other side of that cold blue, you mm. know? Uh, and uh, at the time, this was before the George Floyd, uh, you know, all the uh, eruption from that. So it wasn't uh, 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 so much of that was going on at the time, but the issues were 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 relevant. The issue, the issues was relevant as hell at the time, you know. So uh, I said, well, you know what? This is just not another hood movie. This is not just another. A uh, 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 one-sided story movie. This is not another just street movie. You know, you actually get into you know these gangbangers. You know, uh, 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 
you you see what's the other side is like for them. And you know, when they're not outside, the family that they come from, these officers, these the chief of police, you see what his life is like dealing with racist cops and stuff like that in the code of blue and married to a, to to a black woman. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so oh yeah, it is it's it's deep. It's a it's a real good movie. Um and it's a movie I, I did because I can invite everybody to see this movie. This was a movie that I can, you know, if my grandmother was still living, you know, God rest her soul, uh, that I would say, you know, uh, hey, Granny, you need to check this out. You know, let's watch this movie, you know, because it's relevant in all walks of life because, you know, uh, you could be Caucasian and you could watch Equal Standards and you have a better understanding of the situation, whether you understand in the Black side of it or whether you understand in the police side of it you're gonna come away with a better understanding of what you have before you watch the film you can guarantee that i can guarantee you that you know uh and then it wasn't a movie that was just nickel and dime together when i say nickel and dime together we got professional pro top actors that's bringing these characters to life. It's an ensemble cast, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you got Tretch in there, you got Fredro in there, you got Ice-T in there, you got Tobias in there. So, you know, like, you got some actors in this movie, mm -hmm. you know? So so it's not it, it's not gonna be a movie to where you like, oh, okay, I done seen them before, this, that, and the other. Hell, you got the star in Hill Street Blues playing the chief of police, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, chief, so. Hey man, it's one of those movies that, you know, uh, I'm super proud to 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 be a part of. Uh, uh, happy that I was a part of, and happy that I can have it on my resume, you know. And I want I, I want I want to continue to do more conscious, you know, movies. I'm not really tripping on the budget or whatever the case may be. You got a conscious script, something that my people and our people could look at and take something from or or, or, or something like uh, uh, equal standards where everybody can look at and walk away with something because that's when the understanding comes across. We're, ha we're seeing the change that we're seeing right now in society is only because we're not the only ones crying out for a change. Black yeah, people are I'm not the only ones you see out there marching and crying for a change. You see what I'm saying? You know when 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 it was when it was when they was you know brutalizing and 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 and, and, and uh, 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 discriminating against you know gays and you know that's when the gays right came about because people that wasn't gay knew that that shit was wrong and stood up for it. People that wasn't Jewish they knew the shit was wrong and stood up for it. So you didn't just have those people standing up. So you had a, a bigger and a much larger cry. Right now, Black Lives Matter is going around the world now. You know, it, it, if you never heard it before, oh, damn it, you heard it now. You know, oh, you all of the people that's on the other side that, you know, want to say Black Lives Matter is a political movement. No, it's not a political movement. We're trying to move politics. It's not a political uh, 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 base. Like, you know, well, that, that, that's a, a, a political campaign. Let me, let me change that. It is a political movement because we're trying to move politics, but it's not a campaign. You know, nobody's in Black Ooh. Lives Matter running for a damn office. You right. know, because I done had some people, you know, that's on the Trump train that's, you know, friends of mine. I got some black people that's down with Trump too for whatever. Hey, everybody got their right. They got their reasons or whatever. But, you know, it's kind of hard for me to be, 
you know, with some, uh, uh, down with something that I got to stay on the defense for all the time, you know. But anyway, man, you know, uh, Equal Standards is one of those movies, man, that's touching on the relevant issues right now. And we're seeing what our officers, our black officers go through that's on the other side of that shield. It's, it's definitely real. So what are you doing now? What, is, what, what, what can we look forward to seeing from you from here on in? Right now, I'm sitting outside a long haul waiting for my wife to call in the order so we can get in the car. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. That's all right. That's all nah, right. nah. Uh, I'm about to do another movie, uh, another movie on the same page uh, called Asbury Park. Uh, I go to film that in August, uh, the 1st of August in Detroit. Uh, Asbury Park. I'm sure you know you're familiar with the Asbury Park situation or whatever. So that's another conscious movie that uh, I decided to throw myself in, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, looking forward to uh, 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 doing that. And uh, like I said, any other projects? I'm not. I'm not out here, uh, scoop, uh, trying to be famous, trying to be a star, trying to be. Man, let the stuff that I do that people people respect my work for. Respect it because it made a difference, some kind of difference in your life. Let me let 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 me be some kind of a, you know, influence in a positive way. Let my work be some kind of an influence in a positive way, man. Like I personally don't feel like I could be no famous than I am, you know, because I've been famous before I was famous. I was I was always the star of my family because I was the baby of the family, and I always was doing some shit that the average kid just didn't have the balls to do. So I always mm -hmm. had attention. You know what I'm saying? So it, it wasn't about that. So, you know, uh, 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 you know, growing up, a lot of times, you know, I was told, you know, you, you got a gift with acting. You got a gift. You got that gift. And I think that, uh, you know, that that may be true. But I really, really scoop. I really think my real gift is, you know, inspiring people, being with, you know, dealing with people like, man, I get so much love. I'm able to go places that people tell me, don't go there. Yo, when you go to Detroit, don't go over to 8 Mile. I take my fat ass straight to 8 Mile and get nothing but right. love. Yo, when you go to Chicago, man, don't go over there. Man, I take my ass straight there and get nothing but love. So I don't run from it because I don't feel like, you know, Ice-T was telling me on the set, of equal standards because you know we they had us in the in the room we were secure and all that shit but like i'm in queensburg projects like i'm from newark bro you know what i'm saying right. dayton street seth borden you know what i'm saying fourth and dickinson like it's i'm i'm at home now so you know i wanted something from the store which and i needed some blunts i'm not finna be yo can you go get you ain't finna feel the pack right make sure these shits ain't stale you ain't finna feel for vines with the backwoods none of that so i ain't finna trust you to go do that let me walk across i had my man with me too bang all of that shit but it's like i'm not thinking like that you know what i'm saying and we in a project like what the fuck you know anything happen here is gonna happen outside of this shit but have to be reminded you know i went to the store everything was good when i got back Ice was like, bro, don't do that shit no more, man. You know, you all to the good, man. And people love the death out of you, man. But don't don't ever think a motherfucker won't be like, yo, man, I love you, bro. But look, I got to have this right now. You out here right, walking right. around looking like a million bucks, right? And you know, sometimes I take it for granted from so much love that I get from the community, from my fans, from the public, period. Like, I don't get none of that negative shit. I done been in a situation where dude come in the place to rob the place and like, still, you can go, bro. Matter of fact, nigga, it's glad, glad to finally meet you, my nigga. You good. And let me get up out the spot. 
So like that's I don't love. Really that's love. That's love. Right. That, if somebody run up in the spot and be like, yo, man, you can go, man. You you bounce on out of here. Right. That's right. that's love. That that well, was love. It, but that's love. He said, we here ain't got nothing to do with you, bro. You good. See, my name, and, and, and I'm from North. My name is good in the street. My face is good in the street. Like, it never was no big me, little you, or, you know, I'm coming through with security guards in the big car. Now, you come through the block, you'll see me sitting on the porch with a bunch of niggas smoking a blunt, doing whatever, chilling, talking, so I get ready to go handle my business. You see what I'm saying? So that 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 fear of not saying that it can't happen. I'm not saying that it can't happen. I just have not been in those situations that where, you know, a motherfucker finna fuck with pop best boy. I just, I just ain't, you know, my people don't make me feel like that. You know what I'm saying? It made me feel like, man, the shit that you did, we appreciate you for that. You know what I mean? But I know it's somebody out there that'll be like, yo, bro, I appreciate you for that, but I need this right now. You need to go on and come I mean, off that. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's just about how you walk. It's about how you carry yourself. It's about what you do. If you right. do all of those things, three things in the right way, you always be straight. Bro, I want to thank you for coming through. I'm going to get, I'm going to get back at you on the text because we got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. I will okay. catch, you, catch you later, brother. Love you, man. Hey, love you too, Scoop. I appreciate you, man. And y'all go out there and check the movie out. Equal yeah. Standards. Y'all can watch the movie right now. Go to EqualStandardMovie.com. That's Equal Standard, not Standards. EqualStandardMovie.com. And you can watch the movie from your living room. It's the new wave right now. Nobody's sitting in the movie theaters, but you can still get this food. All right. Thank you very much, bro. You know I love you. I know I love you. I know you love you. No, you know. No, 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 I love you. Make Noise with Fat Man Scoop is produced by myself alongside Raj Kachacha and the team at creativecontentagency.com. Please support this podcast by leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I love that. And by following this podcast on Spotify and sharing links to episodes you enjoy with your friends. Do it. You can also email the show via podcast at fatmanscoop.com. I answer that. Or you can DM me at Fat Man Scoop. Yes, I answer DMs.